Hello, everybody, and good morning. I'm Scott Prather. Oh, what are we going to talk about this morning, guys? What are we going to talk about? Anybody? Anybody? That was awesome. What a weekend. How is everybody on this Monday? Louisiana Raging Cajuns go to New Orleans, win their 13th in a row, end the 2021 season with another win. 13 straight, best season in school history, and uh, we'll see where they rank when the final human polls come out. But they were shorthanded, but they made some adjustments, they made some moves, and they got it done. It was uh, It was quite a night. Late in New Orleans, but for those that made it out, I know they had a good time. For those that watched it on TV, I know they enjoyed what they saw. It was it was great. We will visit with Louisiana Raging Cajun head coach Michael Desimo at eight fifteen. He will join me for a one on one, and then <clears throat> excuse me. After that, it's fighting a little cold here. <clears throat> James Butler, former UL and Raging Cajun uh, and Green Bay Packers wide receiver, going to be in studio with me. We're going to have some fun with him. And we're going to have open phone lines. So let, let, let's, start, let's start with last night. It had been 256 straight games. Since Tom Brady had been shut out. It's been since 2006. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were favored by more points last night than total points were scored in the entire game. 255 consecutive starts by Tom Brady without being shut out until until last night. By the way, that was the second longest streak by a quarterback all time. The longest streak, that actually belongs to Drew Brees, who went his entire career without being shut out to star 304 games. Brees, who's the only person on the NBC panel who picked the Saints. I did not pick the Saints. I didn't think they were going to win last night. I didn't think they were going to shut out the Bucs. I enjoyed every damn second of it. You know, rumor has it the cannon, the little ship cannon, that annoying thing that goes boom when the Bucs score was broken last night at Raymond James Stadium really didn't matter. They didn't have to use it. Zero. Oh, Scott, the Bucks lost some key players. Yeah. See, there you go. It's kind of hard to win when you're missing all pros, isn't it? Cry me a river. Yeah, it is hard. It's difficult. Well, everybody, everybody's hurt. Yeah, everybody's hurt. Tell me which players are hurt. You're missing two starting all pros on your O-line? All pro wide receiver, yeah, that makes a difference. Yeah, the Bucks lost some players, some really good ones. Made a difference, didn't it? Being healthy makes a difference, doesn't it? That was the first game, even though the Saints were missing Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek, and of course they've been missing Michael Thomas all season. Didn't have Deontay Harris. Even though they were missing those players on offense, the Saints had all 11 starters on defense for the first time since... October 31st. 
That game was on Halloween at the Superdome. Who did the Saints play the Bucs? Who did the Saints beat the Bucs? What did they have last night? They had 11 starters on defense, healthy, ready to go to start the game. What did they do? They beat the Bucs. And he just beat them. They shut them out. In the regular season, the Saints have the Bucks number. <clears throat> because the Saints' offense is not exactly um, dominating anyone right now with what they have to work with. It wasn't like the Saints could ever fully pull away. The Bucks felt like they were in the game up until, really up until uh, Chauncey Gardner's pick. And even then, people were like, oh, doubt Brady, here he comes. No. Once that pick happened, that was that was pretty much it. And Pete Carmichael's like, we're not, we're, we're, we're not doing anything to screw this up. Give me runs, taste them, just run it, go that way, go this way. We're gonna pawn it. Let's make it happen. Saints were good enough to get out the gate with a couple of big plays, fortunately for them. Mark West Callaway, 88 yards in the first quarter. Taysom Hill, you know, not exactly the best when it comes to throwing a deep ball. I would say his pass to Callaway in the first, not the one where Callaway had to turn around, leap up, and grab it, but the one that we hit him in stride, probably the best pass of Taysom's career, maybe the best pass of his life. It's like, whoa, where did that come from? Certainly wasn't there in the second half. But those big plays to Callaway set up the two field goals, which was the only points in the game in the first and then early in the second until the fourth quarter. And then Callaway, nothing. No touches. Saints couldn't get the offense going. It was stagnant. They were trying different things. Then they roll out Taysom. He hits Callaway. He gets a first down. They get in the field goal range. They go up 9 nothing. And the difference between 6 nothing and 9 nothing was huge in a game like that one last night. Because even as dominant as you are on defense, one when you can lose the lead on a single play feels different. Now suddenly it's a two-possession game. Feels different. So much trash talking. Very physical game. Extremely physical game. Cam Jordan, Paris Sacks, forced Brady into a fumble when Brady decided he was going to try to run. Bad idea. Cam Jordan's best game of the season. Over 100 in his career. He and Ricky Jackson are the only players in Saints history with triple-digit sacks. There are only three teams in the league all time that have a pair of players in their history to have double-digit sacks. So congrats to him. And for the Saints, look, you still got work to do. You, 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 got, a, you got a Dolphins team going to the Dome Monday night, a Dolphins team that's won six games in a row. Six games in a row. Now, yes, some you know two of those were against the Jets. One was against the Giants. One was against the Panthers. One was against the Texans. And a pretty good win against the Ravens. I'll give them that. Don't look at and say who they beat and say, oh, I don't know. The Dolphins are good. You win that, then you got Carolina and Atlanta. You start talking yourself into, oh, my God. Could the Saints make a run and maybe get into the playoffs here? They moved into the seventh seed last night. It's the most wide-open NFL postseason races that I've ever seen. Ever seen. 13 of 14 playoff spots are currently open in the NFL. 
and you got more games today and you got more games tomorrow. As far as the Saints' playoff chances, the upset win over the Bucks lifted them temporarily into the playoff picture. But if the Vikings win tonight at Chicago, they would st- they would they would slip into that seven seed. If you're a Saints fan and you're a real fan and not hoping they lose, but actually enjoyed the hell out of that game last night. I mean, how could you not? That was fun. Oh, but Scott, I mean, they hurt their draft pick. They're not going to win the Super Bowl anyway. What kind of fan are you? Enjoy the moments, man. Enjoy the moments. You're a Cajun fan. Enjoy the moment. 13 straight. 13 straight. Think about it. For, for the longtime Raging Cajun fans out there, let's go back to, let's just go back 11 years ago, 12 years ago. Hadn't been to a bowl game yet in the modern era. If I had told you, hey, 2021, the Cajuns are going to win 13 straight games, finish in the top 15, win the Sun Belt outright. Have one coach that had a ton of success and then went to Florida, have another head coach that was a former great player, Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year for you. Probably would have been like, oh, yeah, that's funny. It's good. Make for a good story. No, that's reality. And the reality is it's a hard-fought game for three quarters, and in the fourth, the Cajuns pulled away. They've been great in the fourth quarter this year. Saturday night was no different. We're going to talk to Louisiana Raging Cajun head coach Michael Desermo next right here on the great scott show i'm scott prather it is monday don't go anywhere hear ye hear ye thanks for coming to the town square first i'd like to tell you about steve he's a plumber i hear he does good work also tim he's this new thing called a dentist Oh, and Monica, she has a new vegan restaurant. I didn't even know that was a thing yet. Anyway, if you need those things, just wander around town and try to find them because the internet hasn't been invented yet, so I don't know. This isn't the olden days. Now, word of mouth has gone online. At Town Square, we can show you how to harness the power of your existing word of mouth and amplify it online. Go to townsquarelocal.com for a free local customer analysis where you can see how many local customers you could reach online. Visit townsquarelocal.com and be the town square today. Lewis has the football. Passes away. to the right side. And the give is to Raisenberg. Bailey, and it's a touchdown, Louisiana. Brazenberg. There it is. Touchdown, Louisiana. Yeah, same play. Zone left, comes off the backside. Dirty Dave Hudson in there going belly to belly with him to celebrate. Snap to Lewis. Give to Bailey. Oh, you. Touchdown, Louisiana. I said it before. Pretty good team down there in white now. Yes, they are. Look out. Oh, ball, ball. loose. Cajuns have it. This game Let's count. You start. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Wins in a row. The Louisiana Raging.
Cajun Cajuns, New Orleans Bowl champions. Hey, this is Rich Eisen, and you can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3 on The Rich Eisen Show. ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Coming at you on a Monday morning. Mike D, no, not that one in the song, but this one. Coach Michael Desermo joins us now as Louisiana is coming off their 13th win of the season. Good morning, Coach. Merry Christmas. How are you? Good morning, Scott. Merry Christmas to you too, man. I'm, I'm doing really good. Have, have you Have you slept yet? Um, uh, not a whole lot. You know, we, we, we had a, we celebrated after, after the game, had a good time and, you know, got up yesterday, spent a lot of time with the family, uh, the rest of the day. And then, um, you know, got back to, to Lafayette last night and kind of got back in the office, started working on some things. So, you know, still some things to be done before we can really relax, but, uh, it's, uh, we got the big one off the list, you know? Well, that was uh, congrats on the win, 36-21 the final. I want to dig into it a little bit. What was the biggest internal challenge for that game on Saturday? I mean, obviously Marshall's a good opponent, but internally, what was the biggest hurdle? You know, I think internally, you know, I don't know if it was any one change. You know, it was just kind of being able to handle all the distractions and, and all the things that were going on. You know, we had we had a few – you know, we had a few really good players that were out. Um, so we had to prepare some guys that, you know, for bigger roles. You know, we were on the staff. You know, we, we, we'd lost some really good coaches that were on the staff that had moved on to, uh, to other places. And, you know, we had a lot of guys that had to step up. And, you know, the kids had to believe in those people too, um, not just their teammates, but the people that were having to fill in roles and having to coach them. So it was really just had to, you know, you just had to kind of trust that, had to trust in each other and trust that we knew, um, that we had the people in place to get it done. So, you know, it was just, there, there were just, there were a lot of things that kind of, you know, were, uh, had us off kilter a little bit. How would you grade the team's overall defensive performance on Saturday? Well, I mean, really, you know, whenever you watch it, you know, other than two big runs, other than two big runs, I mean, they, those guys were lights out, you know, and, and really the big runs, you know, we, we were in a good position, you know, sometimes, you know, didn't get to the, didn't get to the, we got cut out of a gap, you know, on one of them, another one, we didn't finish on the tackle. So, I mean, those guys played great. Uh, you know, you could not be more proud of that. I mean, Marshall, they were averaging 35, 36 points a game. Um, a lot of weapons all over the place. And, and our defense did a phenomenal job of, uh, of keeping them in check. Yeah. To not have Taylor Humphrey, not have Farai Garner and, to hold them to 286 yards, you mentioned it, the two big runs by Ali. But outside of that, you know, I mean, it, it shows in the time of possession, right? 37 and a half minutes for the cage. I think 37-26 technically. But basically, you had about a quarter more, right? 15 minutes more yeah. almost. And with, with that, you look at the fourth quarter where Louisiana has been great almost all season in the fourth quarter. I mean, the stats back that up. How much did the conditioning and the time of possession in your mind come into play there in the fourth? I think it was huge at the end of the game. You know, uh, at the end of the game when we had to run the ball, um, you know, typically towards the middle and end of the fourth quarter, 
Um, when we had to run the ball, you know, they, they were, they, they were gassed and they were worn out and our guys were, you know, they, they kind of feed off of that a little bit when they can see that, when they can see the guys on the other side of the ball starting to kind of tap out a little bit, that's kind of, that's when they really start kind of pushing. So I think it was huge. I mean, I think our kids were in great shape. I think they were fresh for this game. Um, you know, and I think the time of possession, the type of game we played, you know, even early on, I thought we, we hit the ground running. We ran the ball well. We were mixing it up good early. Then we kind of stalled out kind of in the middle. You know, they made some adjustments, and we had to kind of get ourselves back on track a little bit. But I think mixing up the run in the pass had a cumulative effect. And I think in the fourth quarter it was it was something that our kids, you know, they just feed off of. When they have a chance to finish it, They that's it's kind of like blood and water. Louisiana head coach Michael Desimo, I guess. Your offensive line – uh, it looked like there was an adjustment made there in the fourth coach. Ken Marks slid back over to left tackle. I think Osiris might have moved. You're, you started running well. Um, in terms of in-game adjustments, I know you could talk about a lot of different ones, but specifically that one on the O-line in the fourth. Uh, where, As a play caller, what's the process when you're the head coach and play caller and there's an in-game adjustment? How much of it is... Somebody's in your ear. How much of it is something you notice? Just if you could use that one as an example is sort of how that process unfolds. Well, I think, you know, I think there are multiple different ways that, that in-game adjustments happen, you know, and I think some of it is a little bit of both, right? Sometimes it's the guy calling the plays that sees some things and says, all right, this is what we need to do. And sometimes it's, you know, the old line coach or the receiver coach or the running, but you know, whoever that says, Hey, what if we do this? And, you know, I mean, so it comes from a variety of different places. Um, that was a rotation that we uh, that we had planned on using um, from the beginning. You know, David Hudson is a really, really good football player for us. That guy plays good ball every time he's in the game. We felt like he deserved to play. And his best spot, we felt, was at right guard. Um, so, Saibo, you know, he can play inside or outside. So, we bumped him out to tackle. And Ken, obviously, is comfortable at left tackle. Um, you know, Nathan Thomas uh, has been playing all year with a banged-up shoulder. Um, you know, in kind of a reserve role. And in the game, he kind of tweaked it a little bit again at the end. So it was normal rotation. And then, you know, when, when Big Nate kind of banged up his shoulder, you know, Coach Norwood uh, just said, hey, look, let's just go with this with this rotation here. And, and we roll with it. And, um, you know, it, it was very, uh, very effective for us. Yeah, basically a combination of who you have available, every coach talking to each other. I mean, at the end of the day, I think – it seems like, Coach, the, the answer to that question, if you were to summarize, it would usually just be communication, right? When you have that communication with your staff, that's when the in-game adjustments more time than not are going to be good as opposed to, well, that didn't work. Well, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that didn't work is not a good answer, <laughs> um, you know, for, for whenever you're trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, I mean, the communication is a huge part of it. You know, in this game, we had Coach Viator up in the box kind of watching things from above. You know, we're on, we're down on the field. Everybody's kind of watching their different part of, of what's happening. And so between the series, you know, what we do is we kind of recap the play that was called, the coverage, the front, um, and then what happened, you know, who made the play, uh, you know, was it a good decision by the, you know, it always starts with the quarterback, right? You know, run game and pass game. Was it a good decision? You know, yes or no. You know, if it's no, well, then obviously that's why it doesn't work. If it's yes and it still didn't work, okay, then what happened? You know, what did they do to make an adjustment? So, I think uh, the communication is a key part of it, and I think our guys do a really good job of watching what they're supposed to watch, having their right eyes where they need to be, and then you know we communicate between between the series, you know, fully, um, and make sure that we have a understanding of what happened and what we need to do to try to counter it. 
Louisiana Rage of Cajun head football coach Michael Desermo, one and zero as the head coach, and the Cajuns thirteen and one on the season, unprecedented win streak uh, that continues thirteen straight to end the year. Um, you, you knew you had the game one, I guess, late. There was another touchdown by Monty Bailey. Uh, moments after the final PAT, coach, there were there were a few uh, UL players that I think were waving at the Marshall sideline. Some would say it's taunting. When they got back to the the UL sideline, looked like you had some maybe strong words for them. Now I couldn't tell exactly what was, but um, could you maybe fill us in on uh, summarize what you told those guys and just I know that game was chippy, but in moments like that, what your what your message was to those players? Yeah, you know, I mean, there's just a certain way to do things, and you know, I, I think you have to win with class. And, and dignity, you know, whenever you do it and, you know, all the stuff that, that goes on, you know, there are things that happen between the plays, you know, sometimes when you get, when it gets heated and, and you, you make mistakes and you make decisions in the heat of the moment, those things were not in the heat of the moment. I mean, waving at the other sideline or the crowd or whatever they, whatever they were doing, it's just, that's not the way we're going to do it, um, do it here. And, and those are good kids. That, that was not very good decision-making on their part, but they needed to know it and they needed to know it from me that, that I don't like that, and that's not the way. We're going to play ball the right way from snap to whistle, and, um, you know, we're, we're going to leave it at that. You know, let everything, let the scoreboard talk, and, and we'll just play. Levi Lewis, uh, his final game is occasion. He wins the New Orleans Bowl MVP. He was great um, on the ground, through the air, and gets the MVP award and says, you know, really it's, I just want to thank everybody that's not here getting the award, the, the staff, the players, my teammates, then he handed the award to Monty Bailey. He, he he talked about him as well on the mic. Um, you know, from one former quarterback to now, it's you got to call Levi a former quarterback at least for the Cajuns. We'll see what happens with him next. But uh, what were your thoughts on 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 Levi, the the leader, in terms of what it means to be a leader at that position for the Raging Cajuns? Well, I think if anyone ever wondered why he is the leader that he is for our team. Um, well, I think, I think you see it right there, right? Uh, you know, I, a long time ago, I had a teacher whenever I was in high school and gave me a quote whenever I was graduating and said, a leader is someone who takes a little less than his share of the credit and a little more than his share of the blame. And, uh, you know, typically when you're the quarterback, it's kind of the other way. You get too much credit when you win and, and too much fault when you lose. And I think Levi is is the ultimate example of saying hey man like this was never this was never all about me it took everybody to to get this done and you know i think that was just a sign a a a tangible sign of his humility to actually give his mvp trophy to someone else um you know there's no wonder why these guys would follow him anywhere and why he's been so successful here it's never about one person um and levi totally gets that is that your first Gatorade bath ever? Have you had any other prior to Saturday night? Um, I got one in high school, and then these jokers got me in the spring game this past year, actually, of all things. Uh, I think it was Shane Vallow that started that one in the spring game. But, that was about right. Yeah, it's, yeah, 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 of course it would be Shane. But, yeah, it was uh, – yeah, I haven't had a whole bunch of them. You, you, you said um... – Afterwards, you know, what, what are the emotions you're feeling? You said relief. 
Was that just from the pressure yeah. you were feeling to just want to send out players on a winning note after what you know, just the season that was and what the last two weeks have been like? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, I mean, that's a hundred percent what it's about. Look, I'm I'm confident in that and and what we're going to do here and 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 the plan that we have in place. Um, it was about right now though this week, you know, and it was about. And I kept saying it, it. It wasn't about anything other than than finishing the right way for that class because they absolutely deserved it. You know what I mean? The last thing that you want to do is feel like you didn't have a great plan to put them in place. You want to, last thing you want to do is feel like you didn't prepare them throughout the week to play, you know, or you, or last thing you want to do is make is, is feel like you did too much where they were tired and gas. So, you know, you're juggling all those things in your head and, and trying to come up with a plan because those kids deserved your very best to say the least, you know, with everything they've done. So, yeah, it, it was a little bit of relief to be honest with you, uh, to send them off the way they deserved it, and you know it was a uh, it was a great feeling because it took a lot of people to make it happen. So it was a uh, it, it was just a little bit a little bit overwhelming, you know, at the right when that clock hit zero and you knew that it was over. But uh, it was a great feeling. How many text messages did you did you get when you finally looked at your phone after the win? I had a bunch of them. I think whenever I think by the time I got to the locker room, it was in the eighties. I think, which go. is which is, uh, you know, you you, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate people's support. You know, over these last couple of weeks, more than than I could ever express it to them because, you know, I know everybody's busy and everybody's got stuff going on. For for people to take the time and 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 send out a text to me, it just, you know, it, it absolutely means a lot. What was there, you know, of the 80-plus, was there anyone that maybe in particular stood out that you would share or didn't want to keep it all private? No, I mean, I, I'm going to keep it private. You know, a lot of it was former teammates, um, which, you know, obviously that means the world to you. You know, I've said before, as a player, all I ever wanted was for my teammates to just to, to think that I was a great teammate. I didn't care, you know, what kind of player they thought I was, but I wanted them to think I was a great teammate, so to have the text messages from them and, you know, uh, you know, man, I mean, high school friends and, and people that, that I've grown up with, you know, it's just, uh, it, it's just really, you know, it's just, it's really, you appreciate those things because, uh, when you realize how many people actually support you, you know, it, it makes all the negative things that, you know, that are said or whatever, it really just kind of, really just kind of puts the fire out on that stuff. Cause you know, you got more people for you than against you. Louisiana Raging Cajun head coach Michael Desimo, our guest. Uh, you mentioned about people taking their time out, to whether it be to congratulate you, support the team. You have a message to the fans that made their way to New Orleans and, and were there in person for uh, a game that, you know, and ended uh, just, just before midnight, but I know the ones that were there were, were enjoying every bit of it when that clock struck zero. Oh, God, thank you. Uh, you know, that place, that that playing in that in that stadium, playing in that venue for uh, for the New Orleans Bowl is something that's been special over here. And I've been fortunate enough; I've got to be at all of them. Uh, you know, four of them I was watching in the stands and, and cheering along, just like everybody else. And for two of them, I got to coach in. And there's no doubt that it's a home field advantage for us, and it absolutely changes the game. And you know, I remember at the end of the game, I had no idea what time it was. You know, you're you're in that that kind of locked in a time warp, you know, once the game starts, you totally forget, and shoot, you forget what time it even started, and uh, 
I remember I was I was on the the stage just kind of looking out and just seeing all the people just standing there just watching listening to what our players had to say and celebrating with us and then I, when I realized it was after midnight it just made it all the more special so you know thank you you know from the bottom of our hearts you know for traveling to New Orleans for supporting this team for doing it all year and um, you know for making a difference in this season and, and I mean making a difference in our season because let's face it you know the fans are a part of it a, a huge part of it and um, you know those guys they they uh, they strain in the stands for us I know watching and and, and pulling for us and cheering us along and so to say that we're grateful for it is you know is an understatement but uh man it was it was awesome you know it was it really it was electric and loud in there um at times that i know really made it difficult for marshall you said you haven't slept much but you said you celebrated i i'm surprised you even had time to celebrate but it obviously happened Mm -hmm. so how did you celebrate and, and what time did you finally i guess sleep for for i guess a short period of time Man, you know, it was uh, it was really cool. So my older brother and my older sister um, came uh, with their families to the game. Um, my mom and my dad were there. They, they they were not part of the late night celebration. They were they were in bed. But uh, my brother and sister were there. Um, you know, just some some old friends. You know, one from high school, two of them, you know, from college that that we just became really close with. We just we really we sat in the hotel lobby and had a good time and shared stories and laughed and kind of talked about all the, the stuff that's happened and um you know they were celebrating i think they were happier for me than than i was you know um so we stayed up till they pretty much kicked us out the hotel lobby around three thirty, and then went to bed for a little bit and and got up the next day and you know uh had to see all the guys off had to see them you know see them on the bus and make sure that everybody got there and all that good stuff so you know that was it. It was it was pretty tame. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm a little bit of an old soul, but uh, it was it was exactly the way I wanted to celebrate it. You know, with people that 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 I know care about me, and uh, you know, it was a fun moment to share with them. Yeah, I mean, look, you you you're spending time with loved ones, sort of just soaking in the moment in the, and I'm sure you know the lobby of the shared in. It was pretty pretty festive, but um, you know, to have that yep. and and just kind of soak it all in. That's awesome. Coach Michael Desimo has been our guest. I'm going to let you run, Coach. I just have a few more for you. Coach Billy okay. Napier was so big on the tiers in terms of he had his yearly schedule mapped out by the tier. And I'd always ask him, what tier are we in? Like, I didn't follow it close <laughs> enough. But he would always explain yeah. it to me. He was very patient with some of my um, somewhat dumb questions. But he, are you are you going to follow that model altered a little bit? Like now that that game is over, what tier are you in right now, and when does it officially reset? Well, so I mean, right now, you know, you're getting ready to go into into uh, really in, into tier one, you know, in the foundation in January whenever the kids come back. Um, so. You know, that's kind of what you're getting ready for right now. You know, you want the kids, you know, they've got, we're sending them the off-season program, you know, plan just for them to work out a little bit and get a little something, kind of keep going. But realistically, they need time off. They need a break is what they need. So, you know, we're getting ready for phase one. Um, you know, when Coach Nape, I think, talks about the tiers, he was talking about the in-season tiers probably um, in the way that we kind of, throughout the season, you know, we kind of scale some things back. Um we scale things back throughout the season to kind of, you know, I guess kind of compensate for the, for the, the wear and tear all year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, we're in, you know, 
phase one is what we call our beginning of our off-season program, you know, and so you got you got eight or nine of those throughout the course of the year that, you know, I'm sure we'll tweak a little bit on our own, but, you know, we believe in the things that worked, and I believe that the work is what made us what made us what we are, and so, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're not going to stray too far from that. Coach, I know you said that you weren't going to rush in terms of filling out your staff. Um, mm-hmm. I think now certainly fans and media know who who left with you know went to Florida and who's still at UL. So you don't want to rush, but I imagine you probably at least have an ideal date. You'd love to have this shored up. I know it's one of the things you're working on right now, but is there? I don't want to say like an, an unofficial deadline, but ideally, when would you like to have that done? Um, you know, yeah, obviously I've been working on a lot of that stuff, you know, throughout, you know, everything else we had going on, but, uh, you know, I'm hoping to get a lot of it done in the next week or two. Um, you know, I don't know when we can make it all public. Um, you know, we'll obviously do that as soon as we can, but, you know, hopefully in the next week or two trying to get it done. And, you know, ideally you're done with all the on-field positions by the beginning of January. So that whenever you come back, everybody's in place. And then, you know, you got you got. We have a lot of off-field positions that we got to fill too, because that's a huge part of our of our operation here. And you got to fill that with really good people as well. So, you know, you got to start with the with the full-time positions um, and fill those in. And and then obviously, as you do, as you get into uh, off the field stuff, you got to make sure that you want the position coaches to be involved with that too, right? Because that's the people they work with hand in hand. So, it's kind of a trickle-down effect, but. Ideally, you'd want to have the, the full-time guys in place by January 1st. You know, I'm hoping to be able to do it. I'm really hoping to be able to get it done this week um, because I feel like I've got, we've, you know, this is a, a great place, a great job, and we've got some really, really good people interested in, in being here, people that, you know, that care about this place, this area, this state, uh, people that I trust, you know, fully that I know will come in here and do a great job, and I know they'll be great for our kids. Um, and they'll treat them right, and they'll put them first. And that's, you know, those are the things that are important to me. Louisiana Ragin' Cajun head football coach Michael Desermo has been our guest. Um, enjoy your Christmas, Coach, and your New Year. I know you're busy, but I also know you got time with the family coming up uh, for Christmas. And I know for a lot of oh, yeah. Cajun fans, they uh, they got what they wanted under the tree, which was uh, a 13th win. And congrats on that, carrying into the next season, all the tears. I'll... I'll have you on again, I guess, some point, you know, closer to when, when you guys are getting ready for spring ball, maybe around the next signing day. But in the meantime, i got to let you get back to work. I appreciate you taking the time. Once again, congratulations to you and the staff and players, and we'll talk to you down the line, my friend. Always, Scott. I appreciate you, man. All right, you got it. That is Louisiana Raging Cajun head football coach Michael Desermo. I'm Scott Prather. When we come back, open it up the phone lines, 337 337- 269-1077. Talking about the Cajuns win, the Saints shutout. A couple of notable stats about the Cajuns' victory in New Orleans. A couple of notable stats that will remind you why this is an unprecedented, unprecedented season in Raging Cajun football history. You know what the Cajuns' turnover ratio was in the last seven games of the season? I'll tell you next. Don't go anywhere. It's a great Scott Show ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.
ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Scott Show. Big thanks to Coach Michael Desermo for coming on the show. Good to hear from him. Said he's been working on the staff quite a bit. Ideally, he'd love to have it done this week. Says Jan 1, probably the unofficial date. Didn't want to rush it. What a uh, what a performance. What a weekend. What a weekend. Louisiana in their last seven games of the season, plus 15 in the turnover department. One lost, 16 forced. Nate Snyder, I know it's been up and down, but that was tying a career personal best for him. Made three field goals and made a couple more unofficially. Hey, timeout, coach. Braylon Strawhaw ends the season with a pick. Your captains on Saturday night were Levi Lewis, Lorenzo McCaskill, Chris Moncrief, and Percy Butler. Lewis leaves you well in terms of, you know, being the the leader in touchdown passes thrown. He came up 14 yards short of breaking Jake DeLome's record for passing yards. He also set UL career bowl records, most pass attempts, most passing yards. 86 attempts, 700 yards, surpassed Terrence Broadway in that. For his career, 9,203 passing yards, 1,088 rushing yards, 74 rushing touchdowns, excuse me, 74 passing touchdowns, 14 rushing touchdowns, 721 completions on uh, 1,179 attempts. You know, I know there's some that haven't always uh, appreciated Levi maybe as much. When you look at those numbers, and I've said it before, there were times where Levi, you'd be like, man, he's leaving some plays on the field. And he would sometimes. But then you'd look at the stat sheet and be like, yeah, but man, if you're just looking at the stat sheet, wow. Then you're watching the game, you're like, eh. You watched that game Saturday. You watched the game in the Sunbelt Conference Championship game. There was no, eh. There was, okay, this is really impressive. And um, what a career. What a career. James Butler, former NFL wide receiver, former UL wide receiver, going to be in studio with me next hour as he is still uh, just reeled up from all the dopamine that he did not inject himself. He didn't have to inject himself intravenously with dopamine. He just got it from the football games over the weekend. Looking forward to James being in studio. All right, let's head to the phone lines, 269-1077. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Good morning, my friend. In the gift of giving, I want to say uh, thank you, Saints. Thank you, Detroit Lions. Uh, for all us Cowboy Nation, those were some great wins. Um, and uh, congratulations uh, to you because I know how much you love your Saints. 
And uh, look, y'all don't have a great team this year. But one thing that you can't take away, you shut out Tom Brady. Like that's uh, that's pretty historic, bro. That really is. Um, but uh, I wanted to tell you, you made me laugh out loud this morning, Scott. You know why? Good. Well, I, when I mean, you were describing, go ahead. Uh, I feel like I say good, but I probably should have waited to hear what you had to say. No, 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 no. It's, it's, this is not a setup. Okay. I, I know right, you right. think your boy's always setting you up. I, well, everything I just said, I genuinely meant. Thank you, Saints. Thank you, Detroit Lions. Um, but whenever you described, uh, um, and I won't even say Saints fans, because I know plenty of Cowboy fans that are like this, too. The petty fan in the bad season that's, that, oh, I don't even want to win, and we're not mathematically eliminated. The way you described it, I mean, A1, dude. I was laughing literally out loud. I've heard that a million times. The vial that you spoke with, I can tell how much, obviously, in your profession, you get to hear from a lot of fans that probably say a lot of crap like that spews out of their mouth. So uh, you're absolutely right. Live for the moment. You never know. You get a ticket to the dance. You never know. All these people that assume that you're one and done, that's, that's not actually true. There's been plenty of wild card teams that have won the Super Bowl. Those but even, facts, even you uh, you're, you're right, but even if you don't, like I don't think, I never but thought the Saints were, like if you get there, that's one thing. If you ruin one team's season, like you can, like it's not, it's not, it's not Super Bowl or bust in the mindset of, well, if you're not trying to do that, what are you doing? Then you're you're never going to have fun. Like I, w- I was getting into it with a fan on social media yesterday. He was mad. He's like, oh, Carolina's packing it in. The Saints, they win tonight and might screw around and make the playoffs. Then they're going to be drafted in the 20s. But humble. I'm like, imagine being a Saints fan, and I put that in quotes, and like, like, not, like being mad that you made the playoffs. Like what? Uh, dude, I, you, people use the word fan. People need to require. use the word fan a lot more judiciously. Like you need to yes. have some sense about who you call a fan. And it's one thing if you're the Jets. One thing if you're mathematically eliminated, you have zero chance, and you're like, all right, we, we're already gone. Like let's see some young guys. Let's 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 see where the draft is. Let's start following that. If you're not in that position, but because you don't think your team can win the Super Bowl, you just want to like hang it up, like. Get the, you know, GTFO, get out of here with that. Listen, listen, uh, Scott, people who are chronically unhappy just don't know how to be. They don't know how to be happy. They need something to complain about. You just shut out Tom Brady. You shut him out. I think most, I think, I I think, I think, I think a lot of Saints fans enjoyed it. But for those that didn't, oh, I know, I know they're happy. They can get out of here. Oh, our offense sucks. Let me tell you something. The reason I know a lot about this, and, I, and I'm going to let you get to somebody else, all I hear about is, well, what's wrong with Jack Prescott and Zeke Kelly? And then we can't, we're, we're bad on offense. All I heard for the last five years is we don't have a defense that's good enough to win a championship. Now we're starting to play some defense, and all they want to whine about is our offense is in a slump. Just like you said, you can't ever win. You can't ever win. But you know what? I am happy because I know for the first time in many years the Dallas Cowboys are going to take a defense into the playoffs, and we ain't had that in years. Thank you so much, Detroit. This is y'all's Christmas card. Thank you, New Orleans. Go Cowboys. So he's enjoying himself.
The way a fan should. The way a fan should. Speaking of the Cowboys, they um they just keep plugging along. People can say, "Oh, it's 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 not, you know, it's imperfect and they've won 3 in a row after losing 3 of 4. They're ahead of, you know, the Cards and Bucks now. They're obviously going to win the NFC East. It's, yeah, enjoy it. You got to enjoy the moments. All right, we got um, about another minute before we have to hit up uh, the final break of the hour. You got about a minute. Go ahead. Welcome into the show. Hey, Scott. This is Coach. Hey, yes, I'm going to use up this time wisely. I was listening to your interview with Coach Desimo and excited. I'm excited about what the future holds and what it will bring for UL under his leadership. Uh, I got to see something yesterday. When the team pulled up back to Cajun Field and all the buses were lined up, I happened to be going by there at the same time. So I decided to turn around, and I just wanted to just see the guys, you know, and didn't really want to talk to them. So I drove up close enough to where some of them saw me. and They recognized me, and I recognized them. And I congratulated them from the inside of my vehicle, rolled the window down. But what was funny was, as I was turning in the Cajun field, it seems as though the guys were just getting off the bus, getting their bags inside the uh, locker room, and then getting back out, throwing it in their automobiles. And then you should have seen these cars darting out of Cajun field. I counted being oh, probably about 30 cars at one time, just pouring out of Cajun field. Like these kids were running home to get home to their parents for the holidays. And maybe go eat some good food and go rest. I was horning at them. I would wave at them. And they would wave back. But, man, those, they had their feet on the gas pedals. And they were ready to get out of there. So it's just a, just something I wanted to tell you guys. To all of us who supported the Cajuns, the football players this year, I thank everybody, y'all, because we all played a role in this. And if we all stick together, guys, the future could be Almost anything we'd want to see, but we got to stick together. It's time to get back to grinding when they come back. Coach Desimo, right now, he's the right guy at the right time. I hope that Coach Des keeps two guys, or keeps everybody that he wants to. But I'm focusing on Coach Vietar. If you're still available, stick around here. We need you around here to help out. The things that you're doing is working. It's helping out the, the team. Coach Leger, you need to stay here, too. And anybody else that Coach Dez won't, y'all can stay, too. Because why fix something that ain't broken? Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good morning. All right, Mitch. James Butler joining me next. Don't go anywhere. It's the Great Scott Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour. The Great Scott Show. I would think that of all of my friends. I like what you did there. I like what you did. That that guy, former UL and Packers wide receiver James Butler, an honorable man who serves this great state of Louisiana, would be happy. I am happy. I mean, the guy the guy rides so hard with his alma mater, the Cajuns. They won their 13th game in a row. The guy rides so hard for his team, the Saints. 
to where he is incapable of objectivity, which I, which I, which I respect. I mean, he's a guy that on, enjoys on, the wins. What you mean? I'm not capable. That's what I mean. Please give me you, you, an example. You know, you know. Let's let's not do that. We'll circle back to that if we have All time. Because right, okay. see, we're going to get way off the tracks well, if we start let with you that. Do that to me. I'm not letting you do that. Do to what? Me I'm not letting you do that to me this morning, Scott. You said you said Trevor Simeon is gonna is gonna take us the distance. I said a lot of things. All right, that's my point. That's my point. <laughs> it's the fan in you, and that's okay. Um, I would think that you would just be like cloud nine. And let everybody listen. I want you to hear me. When I saw him, he was smiling, and I was like, "Hey, you know what's going on, my my dear friend?" And he said, "I'm kind of mad." It's like, what? Now I didn't. I said, "Just save it. Just save it for when the mic's on." What could you possibly be mad about? Well, I, I'm not going to say mad. I'm going to say sad. Let me change that. Oh, no. What could you? I, because, it, like, it's just yesterday really showed me what could have been if Jameis would have never got hurt. And that and that hurts me, for real. Because it's like Taysom missed so many, <laughs> like, throws. Well, sure. That's, I was just like, I, I was so frustrated watching it. Now, granted, he didn't turn the ball over. And I appreciate that. And, you know, that... Throwing four interceptions against Dallas, that that definitely was a concern. But what Jameis would have been, I think I'm not going to say we. Well, I am going to say we would have. You, <laughs> you, you, you think they would have never lost the, uh, any more games? We might have. Would you know what I'm saying? We, hey, James believes the Saints would have gone 15 and two somehow. Definitely. What the? Listen, I, I, as as your friend, I'll just just enjoy the moment. I mean, look, you can, you, can, you can get harped on what could have been, but that's what Saints fans have had to do the last four years with gut-wrenching playoff losses. That's true. This isn't the year for that. This year is they got no depth. They're hurt all over the place. They're missing all pros. They're 500, like, somehow. somehow. They just shut out the Bucks. Brady had not been shut out in 255 straight games which was the second longest streak all time. The longest streak belongs to Drew Brees, who was never shut out in his career, 304 games. So do you think after that performance, Dennis Allen is going to get uh, he, a shot? He, I, I think Dennis, Dennis Allen has interviewed for jobs in recent years already. Um, I think having a, a performance like that on national TV definitely helps. Yeah. But how many, outside of, you know, I'm trying to think, the Broncos hired Vic Fangio and, some people still aren't crazy about the hire. But other than that, I'm trying to think of recent hires that weren't an offensive-minded right. guru. Like, that's right. sort of the – that's that's what's cheek right now. That's what's in in the NFL. Um, so I think in terms of Den- – I, I think Dennis Allen, had this been like 10 years prior, probably would have been hired away. I mean, he, right. he, he, he was before technically that actually happened. He got hired by what was then the Oakland Raiders. It didn't work out. But nowadays, it's just so much about, you know, young offensive play-calling guru yeah. gets a head coaching job. Um, but I think he'll probably get some interviews, and he might he might go somewhere. I mean, he, he couldn't give the game ball to himself last night, but he should have. Okay, so how you think Pete Carmichael did? Oh, he did, he did, he did fine. He did okay? I mean, it, look what he was working with. That's true. You didn't have any receivers that were, I mean, like we've said many times, you, you should have tried out for the team. I know. I, I'm definitely content with Callaway's performance, though. Uh, 
in the first quarter, it was good. Taysom threw the best ball of his life on that. Have you first seen quarter. that? That was the best. That was I actually, to, I that was actually check. the best throw of his life. I'm like, how did that happen? I had to check to he see who was quarterback. Again. I was like, did we make a QB change? He didn't do like, it. Man. He didn't do it again. But uh, considering you that you're missing all pros at left and right tackle, right. you know, it's like you Tampa does not give up much in terms of the run game. That's true. So he had to call pass plays. Taysom, I've given him grief for not going through, you know, his reads. He was going through them quickly. That's I mean, debatable. At, at, at least in the first half. The first half. The second half. The second half, it was. It got to a point where it was like, just don't screw up and and let the defense take this home, and it and, yeah. it, and it and it worked. But at some point, he has to settle in. Like it just seems. At the first sight of pressure, he just rose to his right. Like, at one point, I remember I was watching the replay, and... He didn't step up into the po- a clean pocket didn't. a lot and of times. It, it, was, yeah. it was three three to one. It was three receivers to the left, single receiver to the right. And the pressure came, and it's like he, he automatically... And I, I get it, he's a right-handed quarterback, but man, come on. Like, to consistently roll to your right like that, it's like and it, throwing it out of bounds, throwing uncatchable... But I just... I don't know. I, why? Why are you so? Why are you so sad? Because I, I, I want it. Are there issues at home? <laughs> no, man. Should we no. ask your family what's going on? You, Jameis would. We would have went to the promised land. Okay, we would have. I'm sad about what's that. What's weird is that like there's some irony in what you're saying right now because you're being. You're you're being like. Uh, overly fanatical and also objective at the same time. <laughs> and it's really weird because on one hand, you're like, hey, Jameis Winston, it would have been 50, you know, Super Bowl yeah, all definitely. the way. And then on the other hand, you're like acknowledging like, yeah, this Saints team isn't winning the Super Bowl. No, I didn't say that. that didn't but, well, you didn't, you didn't have to. I didn't say, but we're going but to the you, Super Bowl. You did. <laughs> See, there it is. See, now Bowl. I brought it up not, and there I'm he goes. I'm not going to say anything different. There are some that consider themselves fans, football fans. Right. That wanted the Saints to uh, just keep losing for a better draft pick. That doesn't make sense to me. I just think that's dumb. That's stupid. If you weren't enjoying that last night, how could you? How could you not enjoy that? I mean, what do you play the game for to lose? I mean, that doesn't make sense. If you didn't have fun watching the Saints shut out Tom Brady, and you're a Saints fan, then you're not actually a fan, it, it, right? Definitely. Like I enjoyed it. I was just like some of the Taysom just made me upset a few times. And you know you seen the, the fullback that was running wide open on the side, like, bro. And then the, the part that open. frustrated me is he's looking to that side. Mm-hmm. It's like how do you not the wheel see route this guy? to some fullback that signed like yesterday that no one know, even knows who his name. Maybe he just is. I don't know. I'm like dude, like and then a couple like the Texas route to Kamara coming out the backfield. He's throwing it oh, behind him. It, I'm it, like, it, come it, on, it, man. yeah, yeah. But I mean, this what, but, feet. This, but that's this is Taysom Hill. Set. Your feet. I, I didn't. I don't think the O line played bad. To no, be they, honest, against that against Tampa's defensive line, I don't think. I don't think they played bad. I thought they played good, considering they're missing, you know, two All Pros and a Pro Bowler. I thought they did that pretty guy, good. Number seventy nine. Like that's the first time I've yes. ever seen. I didn't know. Who, and then when he did the intros, he said Louisiana Tech. I was like, I've never heard of this guy. I don't know where he came from. What his last name is Mills or something like that? Jordan Mills. Yeah. I was like, man. I don't, what I don't, is Jordan Mills? I, I, I didn't know who he was. I was like, I've never heard, like, never seen him, never heard of him. But I think he played well. I think the O-line played well. Taysom has to set his feet, man. 
Set your feet, throw the ball, step up in the pocket. That's Taysom Mills, the quarterback. I was not surprised by it. The only thing that surprised me last night was that that first long throw he had to Cal. Yeah, I know. That right. was the only that one. Was, that was sweet. The man. second one where it was like short and Collinsworth is like, look at this. He came back no, to it. Yeah, it's like, that, that was not what he was I trying said the to same, do. I said the same thing. I said, dude, he was not trying to throw it. That was, it worked out There's well. no such thing as a back shoulder post. There's no such thing. Well, no one Taysom has ever... Hill's your quarterback. <laughs> there is, right? Man, like, I, I feel like with him, you have to utilize the sh- the quick passing game. You can't, like, the same things I was asking for the Saints to do with Trevor Simeon, I feel like you have to do with Taysom. Like, quick game. Trevor could throw a better ball than Taysom. Right, but I'm just saying because. You just can't Trevor, move. Trevor, he can't move. So He's you have to. You have, <laughs> you have to do the quick game, you know? So I, I feel like to get Taysom going, give him the screens, the quick game, stuff like that to kind of get his confidence. Soft touch from Taysom is also bad. It, the deep ball is terrible. No, well, I, I know, I know, but you need like bullet throws between one to ten yards. Digs, I feel like that's the only thing he can hit. Right, digs, hitches, stuff like that. Like, Keep it simple. Man. Five and out, James. Step up in the pocket and run. Why he didn't Wait, take- what? The, again, what is happening? What? They why are you upset this I'm, morning? I just told you. I'm I'm not upset. Yes, I'm you sad. are. You say you're not upset and then you start talking about it and you get you get heated. I'm I'm who I'm, hurt you, I'm James? happy that No, no, who hurt you? I'm happy James. James <laughs> is hurt and, and that hurt me as a fan. Because I'm I'm sitting there thinking like, man, we really with the way the defense is playing now, my guy really could have took who, us to the promise. Who man. hurt you? No one hurt me, Scott. Why? Why are you, why are you? Didn't you just say the Saints are going there anyway? They are going there. So why are you even upset if you but really I, I, truly because, believe that? Because he has four games to Man, get better. I got it. You got it. Therapists, they would work hard if they saw you as a client. They, I mean, they're working hard. He has four games to get better. There's a lot to uncover here with James Butler. So y'all see him. He's. You know, he's stoic. He's doing his job in the community. He's a state trooper. He's doing doing hard work. But deep beneath the surface, there's a lot happening in there. He <laughs> says he's happy, but I, I think I think it's just a mask for something. No, I, I am happy. <laughs> All you've done since you sat out is just complain. All right, well, look. I mean, your, your, your beloved alma mater just wrapped up the, the best season in school history. And the Saints just shut out Tom Brady. If there was ever a day for you to come in, and I would expect James to be beaming ear to ear, you know, hugging me and saying, my dear friend, Scott, I'm so happy right now. I would think it would be today. We're going to get to the phone lines in just a second. To the listeners, hang tight. We're going to get to you. Time out. Didn't you say we were going to lose? I I did not pick the Saints to win. Exactly. So how are you attacking me? What? I, I, did I say I wanted the Saints to lose? Did I say I wasn't going to enjoy it? I mean, it? that's how you, that's, you, think that's that how you it, said it. See, that's what you understand. Like, I can objectively think something's going to happen, and when it doesn't, still be really, really happy about being wrong when it involves my objective take thinking that a team I root for is going to lose. But I I'm actually, not the kind of person that – there was no point in the game last night where I was like, oh, shucks. I was like, I wasn't even thinking about the fact that I picked the Bucks until you just brought it up. No, because I asked you off air. I said, the Saints are going to win. And you said, there's no chance. That's what you told me. I said, no chance? You said, no I, chance. I don't remember saying You said, there's no, no chance. chance. I did. That's what you said. I said and don't, I said, don't, we did no, the what picks. I said is I said, James, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> That's what I said. And you went so far as like when we made the picks, 
you actually picked the Saints to lose. Yeah, I said I said the Bucks will win, but it won't be by eleven. So hey, listen, I'm just realistic, okay? I'm I'm happy we <laughs> won, but I'm just realistic. I, I don't okay? I don't I don't think you are. I'm realistic, and I'm just saying. You thought this was going to be like a dig, like everyone knows. I didn't pick the Saints to win. That's all right. Well, I did. I picked the Saints to go seven and ten this year. They're seven and seven right now. I'm going to be wrong there too, as long as they win a game, and I'll Man. be. Next Monday is going to be tough, though. Next Monday is going to be tough. Not going to lie. But still, he has taste. I'm happy they won. I'm just not happy with taste. I need some some help from some listeners here working on James. I I want him to be happy. I am happy. You keep saying that, and then you follow it up with just. I just want taste him to play better. That's it. That's that's not. Is is that bad for me to say? No, no, of course not. Of course not. I'm just. All right. More on that in a minute. More on. Let's go to the phone lines. Two six nine ten seventy seven. Good morning. Welcome into the show. There's no need to be mad this morning. There's no need to be upset. No time for none of that this morning, Mister Butler. <laughs> I'm not. No time for none of that. This morning is a holiday. It's a holiday. We get two holidays in one week, and y'all still complaining. Somebody find something to complain about. We just beat the goat. Come on, now we the the supposed goal. We just beat the goal. Shut them out. Who else does that besides them Saints? Nobody. We shut them out. Last two hundred and some games. So I don't want to hear nothing about this and that, all this other jibber jabber. We ain't got time for that this morning. This morning is celebration time, Mister Butler. Do you understand that? I understand, man. We got to beat Tom Brady down the way we did last night. We got to beat him down some more. We got to keep beating him. Four and one since he came to the Bucks. We got to keep beating him. Do you understand that, Tommy? All right. <laughs> okay, man. I apologize. You know, like I said, I'm not upset at the the result. I just want takes from the play. Can I get you? You're I. I I just want to taste some. Yeah, say something. Your girl seems like a wonderful woman. Mm-hmm. Is she? She is. Could I? Could I have her on tomorrow just for like a minute and just ask her a few questions about you on tomorrow morning show? That's fine. Really? That's fine. Okay. I just. I, I don't know. I, I I need to ask her tomorrow if this is like James all the time or is is he is he? It seems like when the Saints are like at their lowest, you're like the most positive and you're happy and when the saints are coming off of a shutout on the road of the bucks you come in here not to mention you know 24 hours after louisiana wins their 13th game in a row and and i'm i, I don't get it maybe maybe she can help me out i don't know I, well, i'm gonna i, I want to ask and maybe and maybe she didn't want to come on but if she would be willing to come on tomorrow just for a minute i want to ask i her. just want taste to play better that's okay. it I am happy at the result. I just want him to play better. That's it. You've seen enough, though. We've seen enough of that book to know how the story goes with Taysom. I mean, yeah, you know, but you know how he is. But you know yeah, what his strengths right. are. You know what his weaknesses are. You're right. And so does Pete Carmichael, which is you're right. But it, it's just I just need him to just play. Would have been funny if they had just let Kevin James coach the team last night just for one game. No man, it's, we we trying to go to the Super Bowl, <laughs> man. We we ain't got time for shenanigans, man. That movie came out. No, no. Did it come out? No, it'll come out in January. ESPN Live Field. Let's head back to the phone lines. Help me out. Help me out here. James Butler's in studio. Help me out. Welcome into the show. Hey, good morning, uh, Scott and James. James Butler. Uh, this is James Wright, man. Listen, man, let me give you a little a little bit of uh, positivity. 
to take away from the from the game last night. The Saints played awesome defense. We already know that. That's A+. plus. Calibre finally looked like a number one receiver last night. He had over 100 yards for the first time in, in the season. Uh, granted, it was on, on some pretty good passes from, from Taysom Hill. So you could take that with a grain of salt. Uh, the, the, the finger is the issue with the inconsistency with Taysom right now. And, and, and then last night, which I'm kind of worried about a little bit, I think, I think the Buccaneers kind of gave a little bit of blueprint on how to kind of affect Taysom uh, and his running. He wasn't able to step up in the pocket last night, and uh, because because the the Bucks brought that that bare front, that that five defensive linemen where they had the you know three defensive linemen in tight on the uh, the guard in the center of the Saints' offensive line, and they tried to just isolate those uh, tackles, uh, and they did okay, but it, it affected him in, in in being able to step up in the pocket and make some some throws in the middle of the field. You notice he was missing. Kamar, you know, kind of in the middle of the field uh, where he missed on some throws. Uh, so I, I think the fi- the finger is, is still bothering him. It's going to be an issue. So, you know, it's going to just be, you know, if, the, if, if, if Sean Payton, if they really want to make a run at this thing, you know, they're going to have to make a decision. Uh, or I think they're going to just go and, and, and ride the ship down with, with Taysom, you know, and just see, hey, look, either we're going to go to the playoffs with him or, or, or we're going to go down with him. So, uh, I really think it's just really his audition for for being the starting quarterback in the NFL. So uh, that's just my take. Appreciate it, James. I, I I think he's already failed the audition. I think this is just <laughs> that's just my opinion. Now I I like Taysom. I think he's an incredible football player. I don't think he's a I don't think he's an a, an average NFL starting quarterback. I think he's a tier below that. Um, but he's what you got right now, and that's who they're going to ride with. I, again, I, I thought they should have rode with Simeon the whole way, even though Simeon's not great. But Taysom brings a different element to the run game that you don't get with Simeon. And, and I think that's what Sean Payton's going to roll ride with, and they're going to see if it works. I mean, aren't we 2 and one since he's been starting? Mm-hmm. So, got to roll with it. That's right. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. ESPN Lafayette, let's head back to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome in. Morning, guys. Hi. Hey, how are y'all today? We're good. How are you? I'm joking. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. great. Hey, I don't know. Uh, how, I don't know about James oh for some my, reason. Stop with I, this, this narrative, this is, man. This is this is a question that you have to answer because if I read Taysom Hill's contract correctly, if he's a Swiss Army knife next year, it's about ten or eleven mil a year, and if he's a starting quarterback, it's about nineteen. That's not a nineteen million dollar a year quarterback that you that that went out there last night. No. Thank you. I no, but, but there, there, there's some that feel like and, Taysom thinks he he's still his future is still as a starting quarterback. I don't think it is because if he if he really truly believed that deep down, he would not have signed the contract he did, the extension that he right. did. He wouldn't have. He would have been like, all right, I'm going to ride this thing out. I'm going to be a free agent after this year. Let's see what happens. I got one more year. He's essentially committed to the Swiss Army Knife role, and I think that contract proved it. Right now, they're just they're hurt at quarterback, and so he's stepping in there. But no, this this is not this is not an audition. Is Simeon still hurt? No, no. Trevor Simeon is the backup. Yeah, see, I mean, makes you understand because because my understanding was uh, Taysom Hill lost weight this year, lost some bulk to try and be a better quarterback. He did. 
and he's going to. So you'll know. You'll know next year if he comes in still leaned up because he's not. A, he's not as good at, at what he was doing before as he has been because he lost some weight. Well, and he, and he has he a half torn foot. I mean, you know, yeah, in his defense, yeah. I mean, the guys, the guys out there beat up. But no, listen, you'll know when the Saints either re-sign Jameis or trade for a, a starting quarterback. That yeah. that's you're, you know they're not going to go into next year with all right Taysom's QB one and Simeon's right. backup and Book is three. That's not happening. This is just what they have right now to work with, and the fact that they're in the mix for a playoff spot. I think I think they should be commended for it. I agree. Did, y'all, did you happen to see the Baltimore quarterback? Yeah, yes. Taylor uh, Huntley. Yeah, he he played he, well. That 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 kid that kid looked good. Okay, I mean they. You know, so he, he might be, he might be looking for some Matt Flynn money in a couple of years, get a couple of good games in and get a big contract, and then we'll see what he really can do, right? I mean, whenever you're a backup, if you can have a couple of strong games, even if you never start, you can you can get a decade worth yep. of NFL games out of it. Yeah. So, all right, guys, Thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, Tyler Huntley, twenty three. Twenty three years 23 old. Twenty three years old. Man, that dude, he's balling. I'm not gonna lie, he's balling. I like the way you play, too. 23 after the hour. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Prather. ESPN Lafayette, 103.3 on the FM, 1420 on the AM. Streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app. That is brought to you by Champagne's Marketing, the Wilson or Champagne's Going the Extra Mile. 269-1077-337-269-1077. I am happy this morning. James, I'm not sure why he's not. I am happy, man. Why you keep saying that? Because you told me that you were mad. Then you said you sad. were sad. I, I was mad, you... but I'm sad. But I'm happy that we won. I'm happy we shut out Tom Brady. I just want Taysom to play better. You want to know what's crazy? But I, but you don't. I mean, I think he'll have his moments. But this is, I think, really the best you can hope for is don't turn the ball over. So uh, if you had to give him a letter grade, what would you give him? I give him a C minus. A C minus? Probably so. Maybe a D plus last night. No, no. I'll give him a C minus because the reality is in the second half, certainly in the fourth quarter, I mean, the play calling is strictly trying not to turn it over. That's all it was. Right. That's yeah. all it was. And the fact that I think I think he deserved. So I'd say in the first half, I would say by Taysom's standard, by his standards, it was probably like a B plus, and in the second half, it was probably a D plus. So that's why you're giving him a C? Yeah, I give him a C minus. You okay. know what's crazy? The Bucks did not run a single play in the Saints red zone last night. Man. They ran 73 plays, and they did not run a single <clears throat> play in the red zone. Not a single play. The Saints defense definitely was playing physical last night. They were very physical. That was the start. That was that was the team number one in the offense in scoring in yep. total of. Oh well, you know they lost players and their players got hurt. Well, yeah. So are you in, are, when you when you make that point? Aren't you saying that it's really hard to win when you lose some of your best players? Right. But see, they're not going to acknowledge that. They, they're not going to acknowledge that. Is. Both our tackles are gone. Mike Tom Michael Thomas is gone. Starting quarterback is gone. When, when like, players are gone for a while, <coughs> first of all, you're right. I'll give you that. I think when players are gone from a team for a while, you don't hear it as much in the narrative. I mean, right. certainly the Michael Thomas right. story was big when it happened. Right. I get it. Like, I, I get when fans are like, oh, they're all talking about Tampa Bay. Well, they don't talk about the Saints. They mentioned it, like, once last night. Like, Collinsworth pointed out, you know, the O-line's done a nice job. They're missing I'm sure. 
he's not going to spend a whole broadcast on it. It's different when you lose Godwin and Evans during a game. Like, right. I, I get it. And, yes, it's Brady, so they're going to bring that up. But if the Saints had lost all of those players just in the game last night, I, it, it would have been a, a much bigger talking point. You know what I mean? What you thought about the, the hit on Godwin? I mean, I honestly, when Collinsworth said, I, I have some thoughts I'm going to share when we get back, I knew what he was going to say. I knew what he was right. going to say. He was going to say, listen, it's a it's a clean hit by rules, and because the NFL has taken everything out about receivers and where you can't hit them, right. this, is, this is the result. So I'm, I, I figured he would say that, and I was actually glad when he did. I was worried he was going to be like, this is the dirtiest thing yeah, ever. Yeah. I'm not saying it was like it was – what else is he supposed to do? Well, try in the waist or try higher. If he gets him a little higher, if he gets him anywhere near the face, they're going to call a penalty. Yep. And that's just not what they practice anymore. Right. Um, it's unfortunate for Godwin. It really is. Yeah. And yet, you know, none of those plays where Evans or Godwin or Fournette got injured, none of them were illegal plays. None of them were flags. None of them were, yeah. you know. Oh, I mean, boy, I don't think Devin White in. tried to hurt. Jameis Winston, but that was an illegal play. It was a flag. It was yeah. a penalty. It was none of those last night were, and, and I'll say this for the officiating crew, they were not calling much last they, night they on either side. You're right. It was just like, y'all nah, play it out. No, nah, this is, and that and that and that's part of why the game was so physical. You know, you know what? I, I got to give Malcolm Jenkins some credit too on Gronk. On Gronk. Man, he did an unbelievable job. Chauncey Gunner Johnson as well. Um, the whole... <laughs> Defensive backs, like they they played an awesome job because we know what Tampa want to do. They want to pass the ball every down, and I, I think they did an amazing job. You know, so I guess to your standards of Taysom not turning the ball over, I guess you know. Yeah, where are you going cool. with the letter grade for Taysom? Yeah, D. Okay. And the only reason why I give him a D, I'm I'm, I'm is because you're unhappy and you're sad this morning. No, not that. It's just a. a the the missing the wide open receivers and some of the throws he made that could have potentially been big plays uh, that just irritated me because it's like I know they won and I, I'm I'm happy about that. All right, I just but I just don't be. want the the thing is I just don't want stuff like that to hurt us down the line. Well, sure, like game on the line type situation. Yeah, and it, it it might at some point. You know? I mean, I don't I don't think and, the and that's are going and that's Super Bowl, James. That's but I, they are. So that's that's more of right. <laughs> why I'm. You know, I'm looking, I'm forward thinking here, and I'm thinking like, okay. Live in the moment. If the game is on the line and he has to make these throws to get us in field they goal probably, range. They probably won't win. He is not the kind of quarterback that is built to come from behind. Now, if it's a one-score game, maybe they have a shot, though I wouldn't bet on it. He is, his game is built for the Saints to keep it close, play physical. I mean, that's that's going to be the formula. But see, but see, but then that raises the question, was it ever really a QB competition with him and Jameis. No, I don't think so. Because it's like, how can you see that and compare it to with James? Sean Payton is like, this lousy movie that's going to come out on Netflix. I say lousy. I mean, my kid's probably going to think it's hilarious and I'll watch it with him. But it's about Sean Payton coaching his son's team. Like the whole idea of like, oh, Little League, father, son, coach. I feel like there's some of that with, with Payton and Taysom, like, He's yeah, not his son, yeah, but it feels yeah, like he's yeah. like, oh, that's the coach's son. Not the best quarterback, but, like, the best athlete. And he just wants to get him out there and he wants to play him. Like, there's some kind of, like, love connection yeah. and, and, and affinity Peyton has for him. But Taysom, 
Taysom in his Swiss Army knife roll is great. Taysom as a quarterback is what you got last night. The Saints won. They shut out Brady, and for some reason, James is upset, and I don't get it. Let's head back to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. Bill, what a nice punt return. So, Winston Jr., that was nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you, one more game without Deontay Harris, and then once you get hit, once you get him back, you know, yeah, it's, it, things it, will really open up. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> no, I think it will though. You think t- it, with Kamara and um, it'll be better. It'll be better. There's that's no what question. I'm saying. So there's no question. I don't know that there's anything though. It takes then Trotman is back. That would, he was back last night. Yeah, I know, but he, yeah. you know, he's going to get better. So you know. There it is. There, there is. There it is. But There's that, the optimism. But see, but I like see, it. But there that, it is. That brings to my there point. It is. I don't want to be in a situation where he doesn't make these throws to win the game. Go ahead, Jay. Cam Jordan. You know, I know he had a, a great game, but Scott left once again. Davenport. Yeah. You know, he, he was in there disrupting, causing havoc, just so uh, so uh, Cam can eat. Hey, man, I, this guy. I, I, I love Davenport. I didn't. Oh, oh, he's a bust. I didn't buy any of that. The man was just hurt. He just just couldn't. He's not. Get on the he, field. I'm telling you, man. He's a Ferrari with a with an engine that is iffy. That's what he is. <laughs> because whenever that engine's running, he is the most disruptive player on the Saints defense. And I, I don't even think it's close. Right. I think I he agree. is by far the most disruptive. But that engine breaks down. Half the time, that's kind of the reality with it. Yeah, so that's true. He is—he's the Ferrari with the shoddy engine. When that engine's running, man, it—it it, it changes so much about that defense. Like they were playing what two safety high most of the night, James. Right, like right. it's just all on the D line to get pressure on Brady, and they did. Yeah. They did. I mean, they—they yeah. they hit him from start to finish last night. And even though he's, you know, the almighty Tom Brady, you hit him enough, and you're going to get a different player in the pocket. And Tampa Bay O line—they're not bad. No, that's the, thing. That's the number one all. scoring offense and total offense in the league. Oh, they're missing some players. Well, they still had their old line last night. Yeah, definitely. And the Saints' D-line just was – you're right, though, Jay. I mean, Davenport, that dude, he's uh, – when he's when, when he's playing, it's always win, but when he's playing, he's well, awesome. Peyton Turner, too. Is he coming back at some point? At some point, hopefully. I don't know. He's on IR, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh... Uh, he's like I the, him as a red shirt. He red this year. Yeah, he's the we'll he's happens. the uh, he's not the Ferrari. He's whatever the like knockoff of the Ferrari uh, is with yeah, the shoddy yeah, engine. Yeah, That's I mean, Peyton yeah. Turner right now. I think he's going to be good though. Yeah, he he shows some flashes. Then, what, uh, hey, speaking of former Saints, Scott Bridgewater must have burned bird houses when he was a kid. He must have burned bird nests. But the karma is this man can't stay. It's always something crazy, some freak accident. That happened injury yesterday, man. Uh, so what exactly was, was it? I didn't. I didn't see the play. Time. I just read about it. You did you see the play? It looked weird. Like he jumped in the air and he like fell. Yeah. Oh, I was like, man, what happened? Then I then they, then I saw it. They slowed it down. He was falling down, and the defender just came and just drove them to the ground, man. Yeah, like, it was it was a, a head, it was a scary head injury, and he like had to be taken to a hospital, and that is. Uh, Man, I I like Teddy, and 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 and, but the injury, the kind of injuries he's he's been through, man. It's like in Denver before yesterday. I mean, they only lost by five. They right. could have used them. You know, they get that win, they're right there. You know, they're they're in the top seven of the AFC, and they lost to a team they're competing with for that last spot. So that was a loss for them, and and hopefully Teddy's going to be okay. I need to see if there's an update on Bridgewater. Let me do that. Right hey, now. I want to ask your uh, host, man. He was talking about uh, RB a while back. Um, 
Anita Baker. I heard you say you heard you mention Anita Baker, man. What's your song about? What, what you like by Anita? Uh, let's see. Three. Uh, giving you the best that I got. Um, the Rapture. There you go. Yeah. See, Sweet Love. Sweet Love. Yeah. You know. No, oh, all right. Yeah. So you talking about that particular album? Um, hey, you from? You got this. You familiar with the group Loose Ends? No, I'm not. Oh man, hey, you say you like R&B? Check out Loose Ends. You, when you hear some of the music, you be like, oh, I heard some of it. You heard the song? You can't stop the rain. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know you're that, that's big yeah, right yeah. now. It's like made a comeback. I think we lost you Hello? there. Uh, we lost you for a second. No, what, what was that? What was that place that? No, I said that 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 song is like made a comeback on like TikTok and. Instagram and stuff like that, and oh, all right, yeah, it's it's, it's made a big yeah, I comeback. Know. But uh, yeah, man, that group, man, Loose Sins, man, British soul group from the uh, mid eighties. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. Last time we got into P and Dawn, and it was like once we told you the yeah, songs, about I was like, like oh, man, I remember that. that. Yeah, man. I... <laughs> now see, this is all James needed to get put in a better mood now. For the people out there, I want to reiterate because he keeps bringing this up. I'm wait, wait, not... wait, 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 wait. Start over with the piano music in the background because it makes it more, <laughs> more serious. All right. <clears throat> All right, go ahead. Are right, you ready? For the people out there, I am not in a bad mood. I'm just concerned because I don't want to be in a situation in these next four games where the game is on the line and Taysom can't drive the ball downfield to get us in field goal range or to... Or to Get a touchdown to win the game. That's it. Yeah. Dude, that that movie is great, man. James just needed some PM Dawn this morning. Oh, I love this song. I mean, who doesn't? All right. Did you see that movie? Boomerang? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did. That's just actually a story behind when I saw it. No, please tell it. Please I tell will it. when we come back after this. It's ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Tell you I love you. the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is the NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is the NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather, my man James Butler, who apparently he's he's got, he's real busy right now. I mean, he's a father, he's a state trooper, he's 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 an emotional mess for some reason this morning. But he has promised to come back tomorrow for a segment, and we're gonna have to ask his girl. I don't want to say her name publicly. I mean, I want to respect her privacy, but okay. 
We're going to have to add. We're just going to call her. What, what should we call her that would be respectful without giving her name away? Mm. Co-fantasy football owner. That was wrong. GM. 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 That was wrong. We'll call her James's GM. Yeah. That's James, James's that's GM. That's that was perfect. wrong how you said that time. You're like, well, I just, I, I don't, I don't actually let her do anything, but I just I make her think she does. So that way when the that. team struggles, I can just blame her. I didn't say that. I did not. I did not say that. <laughs> That did not come out of my mouth. Oh, you did. I'm no, I, yeah, I, I did. no, I'm just messing. You didn't. Say I didn't it. say that. He didn't say it. He didn't say it. <laughs> he didn't say it. He didn't say it. You know, but sometimes you claim I said things I didn't, so I was just, just letting what, you know how it feels. What did I say? I didn't say the Saints had no chance to win. You did tell me. I said, don't air. get your hopes up. You said they have zero chance. I did not say that. Zero that chance. Is a, don't get your oh, hopes up. They have zero a, chance. No, that is a bold face <laughs> lie. I did not say that. Don't get your hopes there's up. There's still, look, there's, you just. So many of you struggle to the concept of the the balance between objectivity and fandom and the, the ability to do both, which I, I wouldn't expect someone that doesn't, you know, work in sports to have that. I, I, I expect, you know, one of the things I like about you, my friend, is that fandom that runs deep within you. We're going to get your thoughts on the New Orleans Bowl in a little bit as well. Uh, Boomerang. So I saw Boomerang. I was in... New York City with um, some family friends, 1992. Back then, at a hotel, they would have movies before they were on video, but mm-hmm. like they had just left the theater or something. Anyway, my I think my dad was there for some conference, and he was there with like close family friends of ours, and they just decided to just leave us at the hotel. And so... Eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds, and then some young teenagers are supposed to watch the 10-year-olds and 8-year-olds. I was 10. And we are like, all right, you know, I think they got like the bodyguard. We mm-hmm. watched that. And then we went in another room and we got Boomerang. And it was, uh, there were parts of that movie where we were like, <laughs> wow. Correct. <laughs> I think one of my older sisters walked in at one point. Thought we were watching a different kind of movie. Right. It's like, right. oh my God, I'm going to tell Dad. We're like, no, it's just Eddie Murphy, <laughs> you know? But that's like, I will never, like, anytime anyone references Boomerang, I'll always just be a friend of mine who, he lives in New Orleans now, but um, he's my parents' godson. But next time I see him, I'm going to be like, remember when we watched Boomerang? <laughs> <laughs> Great movie, man. One of my favorites. Yeah. This summer will be at uh, the 30th anniversary of when it came out. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep, it will be 30. Yep. What, did you see it when you were like one? How no. did you know that right off the top of your because head? Because I'm going to be 30. There it is. And well, you said 92, so that makes sense. I'm about to be 40. Real soon. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Yep. That's a blessing, though. That's right. Yeah, I'm going to be positive. Be positive. I'm be man. happy. I am. I'm excited this morning. I already know what you're going to say next. I am not sad. Not, I didn't say anything. I'm mad I'm about the Saints. just going to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. So, James, do you, are, you, are you a state trooper? I am. Oh, you are currently. Okay. All right. So, do you, do you bust and cuff? <laughs> what? Do, do bust, you bust and cuff? Do I bust and cuff? I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Bust and cuff. Bust them and cuff them. Do you bust and cuff? It depends. Sometimes. Well, whatever you see, if you ever see Tom Brady and Belichick, I want you to bust them and cuff them oh, for tr- me. Trust me. Trust me. They are. Trust me. 
please, bust them and cuff them. If I have to, if I see their car parked somewhere, I'm planting something on them. Bust them and cuff them. <laughs> <laughs> there so, them. You're incriminating yourself, Ronnie. All right, New Orleans Bowl Saturday night. I talked to Coach Desimo last hour. Um, 13 straight wins. Right. How do you feel about this team moving forward? They're going to have to replace some good players next season. If Cincinnati doesn't win the national championship, and 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 I'm rooting for them. I'd like to see a, a group of five team do it. I don't think it's going to happen. What but percent it, chance? I give them a 20% chance. I think they're, I think wow. they're that good. I give so them, you're giving them more of a chance than you gave the Saints to win last night? That's crazy. See, if you start making more stuff up, I'm going to start t- right, saying the actual things you no said mind. about your fantasy football team in private. Never mind. Never mind. Right. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. What, um, you know, if Cincinnati loses to Bama or or if they win and then lose the next game, Louisiana has the longest active winning streak in the FBS. I mean, that was a um, – in the fourth quarter – when you've held the ball for as long as they had held they did, it, right. they moved Ken Marks back over. They shuffled the old line a little bit, and they just started running head on. And it was like the fourth quarter was different than than the rest of the. The right. opening drive was great. Then it was kind of trying to feel yourself, feel the game out. Right. And outside of a couple of big runs by Ali, the Cajun defense was they were missing some players, but right. they, they, they you know to to win it by fifteen, to win it in the fourth quarter, which they've done in a lot of games this year. It it felt fitting in a lot of ways. I think like the biggest thing that might be overlooked is the adjustments that were made after halftime. Because, you know, before that point it was kinda looking I'm not gonna say rough, but it was closer than what we'd have liked it to been. And to see them go into halftime and make those adjustments and come out and just basically dominate from that point, I think that says a lot about uh, the coaching staff and coach Des because that that shows that going forward they can do what they need to do to continue to be successful in my opinion like because that that spoke volumes to me because that's hard to do. It was getting chippy down there. It was, and I asked Coach Desimo about after the last touchdown after the PAT. There were some UL players that were like waving at Marshall and mm-hmm. and, and like saying some not suitable for work words, and they got to the sideline and he. Guy's about to win the New Orleans Bowl, and he he did. He he got on him. He's like, "Look, it's one thing if it's in the heat of the game and you don't have time to think about it; you're just reacting. Mm-hmm. It's another thing when you're just taunting. He's like, that's not what we're going to do here. That's not our program, and there's a certain way to win. And you know, they're good kids. We just have to take those moments to teach them. So you'll see some head coaches, or maybe new in the role, sort of let him do. Uh, that. He, I think I think he knows. I think I think he. I think he's pretty comfortable and confident in, in who he is as a coach. Oh, definitely. And, and I think you're going to see that moving forward. But it was good for uh, it was a good way to end the season. And you know, you played in you know three RNL carries New Orleans Bowl. You were part of four of them. You got you still have those rings. I do. Does he ever? Do you ever wear them? No. Where are they? In the closet. Just in the closet somewhere. Yeah. It was funny. Joe Burrow was asked about his highest been like last week, and like he. He started talking. He's like, "Ah, yeah, I think it's just in my in my basement." And then he looked up. He's like, "Locked up in a really good safe." Like, right, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. "Nobody come try to take yeah, it." Yeah, it's like stuff like that, man. I mean, am I really gonna wear it when I dress up to go somewhere? I mean, I, it's just you would only. So do you do you ever wear it? No, never. You I'm wouldn't never. wear it. like what was like a, a football alum event? Would you wear it or no? Probably not. So what do you even do? Are you just going to give it to your kid one day, maybe? Possibly. I just look at it. Like, I, every once in a while, I see it, I look at it. 
And then that's it. I had a video. I put a video up on Friday of 10 years ago, right after the New Orleans Bowl, where I interviewed HUD on the field. Yeah, I, I, I was listening when you, uh, was, when you played uh, it. The video of it. You can't tell in the video. It was just madness down on the mm-hmm. field. That was uh, playing in the game versus like that very first one. I know you were hurt. How hard is it to watch and not be able to play in a game like that? That first one, that first one was was that first one hurt me, man, because because of it being the first one and being the first bowl game, and I don't know how many years, and just seeing how many fans were there and the energy. I wanted to be a part of that so bad, and the fact that I wasn't. And so, like, the next year when I got that opportunity, yeah, I wasn't starting. I was behind, you know, Lawson and um, Surgeon and Peoples. But I still played. I still caught a pass. And and we won. And that was incredible. So I felt like – and then, you know, like the last year, caught the most passes I ever did in the game, made ESPN top 10. So I feel like – That one-handed grab you had was pretty sweet. Yeah, and then so I went out like that. So I, I feel like I made up for it. I remember but, the, lo- the lobby in the hotel after those games – yeah. Is but when the team gets back, it's just it's more chaotic than what it was like on the field after the twenty eleven New Orleans Bowl. There's, Definitely. Like it would it would not it you know, it was a little different this past Saturday, but like Terms of like social distancing, I mean, you could forget yeah. about it in the lobby oh, of definitely. the home team of the of the winning team in the in the in the New Orleans Bowl. You couldn't get on the elevator like there was electrical elevators. It mm-hmm. was like I was like I had to leave after one. I think it was that one. I had to leave and drive back in the middle of the night, and I was like, I'm never going to get back up to my room. Like, this. what the 2011 New Orleans Bowl? <laughs> no, no, or the, the, 20, 14? the 2014. I'm like, I'm never going to get back to my room. This it was this. that many people there. I can't remember, dude. I think I remember seeing you just in the. The massive people just crowded into this. <coughs> Whoever the bartender was that night made a, they made some good tips. Definitely, I'll say that. I remember um, the funny story about that Coach Witt. So Rust, I'm Rusty Witt. Rusty Witt. I'm I'm going to the room, and uh, I forgot who my roommate was. CJ Bass was my roommate, and <laughs> I remember I got a. It was a mass text that said, "All seniors." Meet in room thirty five twenty two, and I'm like, I see my my college football days are yeah, over with. I don't know what I don't, I don't, I don't know. Delay. I remember what this is you about. Still went, so yeah, so I um, I'm like okay, and of course, like my best friend Boris, he's like disappeared. I don't know where he is, so I don't, I can't like, I can't coordinate with him to go up there with him. So. Uh, I'm getting to the elevator and Trey Johnson is in there and we're going up there to get like, man, did you get the text? I'm like, yeah, I did. He's like, I'm going there right now. And so I'm going up there with him and we knock on the door, open it up and it's coach Rusty Witt, right? And he has literally a big bottle of Everclear, okay? And he has shot glasses. And keep in mind, before I even get to that point, I think we graduated 18 seniors or something like that. And he said, I'm going to take two shots with every senior. And he was like, I've already met with six of them or something like that. And he said, and so y'all had to take two shots as well. I mean, how big were these bottles of Everclear? No, like, like just, he would pour them in shot glasses. So he said, I'm taking two shots. He's going to fill up. 36, I mean, I think he had like 80 glasses bottles. of Everclear. I mean, Dude. shot glasses, that's... And listen, when I got there, he was already feeling himself. I mean, it's it's Everclear. Is okay? he, being a former Navy SEAL and the in 
intimidating guy he mm-hmm. could he could he would appear to be. When he's inebriated, is he is he like fun and gentle, or is are you a little more on edge? No, he he he's never really on edge. He's more, I guess you can say, real in a sense. Okay. Like he he's more like he seemed like a pretty open book guy. No, he's not, he's really open book. Like you can have conversations with him. You know, yeah. he's I mean that persona of him, he has to put on that, you know, for the school. But, um, so yeah, was, no, he's you, pretty cool. When you say he was feeling himself. No, was he was, he was definitely feeling himself in the sense of, you can tell the alcohol, the Everclear, which is like what, 90, I don't know. God. And he, you can that tell. That sounds awful. Taking two could, shots at Everclear. Yeah, so he, he, you could tell it was starting to set in. And I was like, man. So he's pouring up the cup and I look across the room and it's another strength coach. And I, I, I lock eyes with him, and he looks at me, and he's like, he's shaking his head as if he's, like, disappointed. He's like, I, I'm going to have to take care of this dude tonight. Like, there's no way. So I took the first shot, and I was like, I'm not doing a second one. Like, this is enough for me. This is ever clear or not. So it's literally burning my hand. Like, God, I, I spit a little bit on my hand, and it burned my hand. <laughs> I was like, oh, Mark, I'm not doing a second one. So as they took the second shot, I kind of, like, threw it out. And I, like, I, I oh, I did it, Coach. And I was, yeah, I was, like, I was like, oh, I, I took it, and I was like, I got out of there, man. And I was like, yeah. So that that was my end of 2014 bowl game story. I like it. it did cool, you see man. Coach Witt again that night? What did he look did like not, in the morning? I did not. I didn't see him. Because I, I didn't go back with the team, my parents can't pick me up, so I didn't. He was probably eating him. a lot of pickles and bananas the next probably day, probably so. Because <laughs> if I if I was like the sixth senior to come up there, out of eighteen, there's no telling. All right, Dan Patrick show is next. I'm Scott Prather. Tomorrow, Jay Walker will join me as he does on Tuesdays. We'll have a conversation with Gary Broadhead and apparently James Butler's uh, GM. She thinks she's going to do it. Think she'll come on? Maybe. We'll see. I got some questions for her. James will be back for a segment tomorrow morning with a special guest. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Happy Monday. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.